Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. What happened to the intro? Well, this is now the intro. Well, no, the music. No, we see, the music gets added later. Oh. Don't we have so, to wait ten seconds or something? Well, I mean, we already started, so like, I think this is going to definitely oh, be wait, a part of wait. the episode. What? No, no, we're 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 no, gonna I just. This is a part of the episode. I think this is better if like this kind of ridiculousness is in the episode. Oh, the link is here. All right, good. Uh, welcome back to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I'm Father Andy Boyd, Hello. and I have with me. Uh, Deacon AJ and Deacon Barnabas. And so, you know, this is just a bit of a ridiculousness, but we were just talking and uh, Barnabas, you had some ridiculous sunglasses on. Now, granted, you have shaved your beard, so you don't have your nice long beard and you don't have long hair. But the first thing that I thought of was like, you have, you kind of look like the dude. And for our listeners, I I kept saying, oh, you look like the dude. They're both like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, the dude from the Big Lebowski. And so neither of you have seen The Big Lebowski. It's been years since I've seen The Big Lebowski. I'm a monk. Uh, I don't know such things. Oh, no, I don't believe that in the least. So (laughs) I'm saying that, you know, we have to, um, we'll pick a day in the fall when you guys are back in school. I'll come down and we'll just watch The Big Lebowski. And no, it's definitely, it's not a podcast topic at all, ever. But in any event, that's, that's on the side. We were talking about something else. What were we talking about earlier that you're like, hey, this would be good banter. I can't remember now. Eh, I guess it wasn't good banter. Yeah. D- was it donuts? Donuts. Probably not, but now I'm thinking about donuts. <laughs> now you've got me thinking about donuts. Where's the best donuts from, do you think? Mm, local joints. Mm-hmm. It all depends on the local joint. Like, there's a really good place here in Erie. In fact, there's like, if you depends on where in Erie you're from, there are good donut places. So, like, I'm thinking of three different places that I really like donuts from. Now, granted, they don't like me. There's a place in Indianapolis where I used to work uh, called Square Donuts, and the donuts were square. <laughs> wow. Isn't How that original? Amazing? That's great. No, it's great. I, mean, I believe it. Yeah. would be funny if they were triangles, like, just like. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We're just Wait a minute. Be that guy. Why is it called square donuts if you're serving me a triangle donut? Yeah. I I don't get it. I don't get it. My elementary school we used to get like the old donuts from the Giant Eagle. Like all the icing would be like yeah, off like, and they were like expired donuts, but we got them from like cheap <laughs> at this Catholic school. I, I was going to say, it's totally a Catholic school thing. Yeah. Totally a Catholic school Here's thing. Your donut. Hey, we're free trying. donuts. <laughs> Well, Brother Barnabas, you're coming to us from a new location. Where are you at tonight? Uh, I am down at a parish in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So that's you know? cool. Yeah. It's run by the monks, right? Yeah. Yep. So I'm I'm down here for a couple of weeks doing some deacon stuff. This is a pretty big parish, so I'm learning uh, a lot of things, being around all this stuff. And um then my family always goes down to vacation down here at Virginia Beach, so they're just going to pick me up whenever they come down. Nice. So that's be nice. cool. Yeah. That'll be great. Yeah, get a little bit of time away, just some time to relax. Yeah, you know, it's it's really cool too doing uh, ministry to a group of people that you like don't know anybody. Yeah, right? because like when you um, when you do ministry at a parish or like even for like a Bible study or something, eventually you get to know the people which is actually really beautiful because then you get to know like their needs and their problems and all the rest. But it's very unique. Like the other night there's an event that I spoke at. I didn't know anybody, not a single person. Right. They're like, can you just give like a little talk? I'm like, sure. 
So there's like no pressure because I don't know anyone. And I'm just like, all right, here's the gospel. It was really cool, you know? Yeah. But then of course, like after the event, you get to start talking to people and all of a sudden you get to know them. So now like if now I know them, which is good. But yeah, starting to build that relationship. But yeah. they have to come in trusting, right? They have to trust that you're actually a deacon. And so you were saying yeah. like this is like the first parish that you have been able to exercise your faculties as a deacon. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah I don't get as much opportunity as a monk, uh, at least yet. I'll have a full time parish assignment come the this fall with the rest of the guys but like yeah i've just been at the monastery most of the summer yeah so what's that like being to now be like okay so you've been deacon now since may and aj you've been deacon since march march so you know um what's it like being a deacon a brand new deacon well it's it's good i mean there's some things i'm getting used to now such as um like helping out at mass and stuff like that i'm still I haven't done any baptisms yet and I haven't done any funerals on my own. I've been okay. kind of learning. So I'm a little nervous still to do that stuff, but they're coming very soon. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, e- even certain things like I helped at a wedding and I, at uh, a parish that will remain unnamed. <laughs> and uh, I was in the, and like, this is just an ignorant monk thing, right? Like, cause at the monastery we have everything we need. Yep. Well, I'm at this parish and I'm like, Hey father, um, you know, cause it's like right before mass we're getting vested and I'm standing there with my owl. I brought my own owl, but I'm like, father, do you have a Dalmatic? And he just looks at me and starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a Dalmatic. I'm like, oh, you guys don't have like, he just no. laughs. So he gave me a deacon or he gave me a priest stole and a pin to like, yep. Welcome. I'm like, Oh, okay. Welcome to the life. So anyway, I, I don't know, maybe that's a good transition for AJ's topic of vesting and the sacristy and all the rest. This is also a good moment to say that you should always carry the stole my mother made you because it's going to come in handy well, at the I'll last second. i learned such things, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a beautiful, <laughs> although I don't want to wear it. It's so beautiful. You got to wear it because, I mean, it, just get ready. There's a chasuble coming, so get ready. Good to go. Has your face on it. Well, I thought about it. I thought about printing out, you know, that uh, logo they made for you for Monk on the Streets? Oh, I'm thinking about printing that out and having that embroidered right on the front. What do you think, AJ? I yes. think that'd be perfect. That'd be a perfect gift for you. I could see you wearing it, though, just out of out of a joke. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that now. Hmm. Hmm. Now you got me to get some ideas. But yes, perfect time to transition to vesting prayers. Tell us, AJ, what is this topic and why do you think it's a good topic? I'm putting you all on the spot. Yeah. Um, for... You know, five years as a seminarian, uh, either in the seminary or back home in my diocese in a parish for mass, it was Catholic surplus that did, that was everything. That's all I needed all the time. A mass, you know, uh, Sunday liturgy, funerals, weddings, baptisms, everything, just Catholic and surplus. And now that I'm an ordained uh, cleric, you know, we, we, we wear more now, you know, we wear the alb um, for some things, stole, cinctures, amices, dalmatics, chasubles for priests. And uh, I want to talk about the significance of each of those pieces of uh, even each of those investments, but that each of those has a prayer associated with it. Um, And I'm glad Brother Barnabas is here because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, for your habit, you have like vesting prayers, right? We do. Yeah. See, and you said you knew nothing about this topic. You know something more than I know. (laughs) Tell us, tell me a little bit about those, those vesting prayers. Like what, what exactly do you say or what, what's the point of behind it? Maybe you don't have to go word for word, but just like the, the understanding of what it is, what each thing symbolizes, et cetera. 
Yeah. yeah me yeah, or AJ? Yeah, you, you, the monk, the monk. So to start with the, the Benedictine habit, um, so there's different parts of the habit that we also do vesting prayers when you put it on, right? So the first piece is the tunic, which looks like a cassock, which the prayer is basically about, Lord, make me into the new man that I've become by putting on this new cloak. And then there's what the big piece over top of it, like it looks like a cape, but it has two parts, the front and the back, the scapular. And that's a prayer uh, that represents like taking on the burden yeah. that we share with Christ. Um, and then, uh, oh, sorry, before that is the use to put the belt on first, your cincture, um, which is a, a prayer uh, for chastity, to stay mm-hmm. chaste and to live a virtuous life. And then uh, the hood, the cowl, we call it, um, is a prayer against uh, for like spiritual battle. It's like the helmet of salvation. So that's that's kind of like the prayers that we say when we are putting on our habit. That's cool because um, you know I have the vesting prayers for like a, a diocesan deacon or a priest in front of me, and I'm just kind of looking at the similarities. Um, so yeah, we can just start going through these. Um, I guess the first thing I want to say about vestments that the priest and deacon wears um, and like their origin, because I was curious about that. So I did a little bit of research. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the vestments of the priest and deacon in turn, uh, they reflected Greco-Roman dress in the early church. So from what I read, it seemed like a person coming to liturgy and the celebrant would look similar, but the dress of the minister was always made with like high quality materials. So he would have looked different. It would have been a more pronounced um and then so after the invasion of like the Gothic tribes, you know, the Germanic tribes in Northern Europe, uh, dress started to change. But as the culture changed, vestments for the mass did not. And so then it was given meaning. Um, so I, I know I've heard things about stoles and albs and like tunics in regards to like Roman senators. Um, but I just found that very interesting uh, that even though the culture changed, that the vestments did not. Um, and so like Brother Barnabas said, with the parts of his habit, each part of what the priest or deacon puts on has significance. Um, so we can just start with the first couple here. Uh, so even before he puts on anything, the priest washes his hands and there's a prayer there. And that prayer is give strength to my hands, Lord, to wipe away every stain so that I may be able to serve you in purity of mind and body. And this represented a passing from the uh, profane to the sacred and spiritual. Now, yeah. I say profane, not as like cuss words or dirty, but it's from a Greek word profanus, which means like outside the temple. So it just means outside the sacred space. We could say the secular world, uh, you know, the profane, just everyday life. But that the washing of hands uh, is sig- it signifies a passing from the outside world to now going into the sacred space. Yeah, yeah, and, and honestly, I was thinking, as I'm reading through this and um, thinking about it, um, you know, with the experience of these prayers, um, you know, we when we're talking about these vesting prayers, uh, there's going to be like a certain level that you go down the line that like, okay, sometimes you only get to this point in it, and there's purpose for that celebration. Like I'm thinking for um, penance services, when we have public penance services, sometimes priests will vest in alb cincture and stole, which means you go from the washing of the hands all the way up through the stole. And obviously we'll talk about that as we get further along in this, but like that idea of, okay, it's a step into the sacred. Whereas now, uh, you know, 
AJ, you and myself, we don't have a habit that we wear. Like I have my collar that I wear or my cassock that I wear in public, but I don't have a habit, you know, insofar as uh, like Brother Barnabas does. So, you know, just thinking about the connection there is that your habit, of course, is something you put on daily. Granted, you know, you're not sitting in that right now. I'm not sitting in my cassock, AJ, you're not sitting in your cassock, but it's that, it's that daily, um, picking up and putting on of those uh, recognition of Christ, you know, uh, the tunic, the prayer that comes with that, the prayer, the taking on and girding yourself. We have that same girding with the cincture, you know, you wear a cincture, but then we also wear the cincture at mass. So whereas kind of like picking those things up for specific purposes, of course, that is your entire way of life, but it uh, goes so much further than when we all prepare for mass. So yeah, washing away our stain of sin, preparing ourselves for the liturgy, all those kinds of things. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the next item, which I think kind of relates to the uh, Benedictine cowl, is we have the amice. So the amice is a large rectangular just piece of white fabric. And on two of the uh, two corners on the same side, there are long strings. So... Uh, you put it on, you have the strings cross around you, go around back, you tighten in front of you. And then this piece of fabric, you push it down around your, the priest's collar. Um, that prayer is Lord set the helmet of salvation on my head to fend off all the assaults of the devil. So the point of this was to completely cover any of the priest's clothing, right? Um, so it would cover his collar, the black of a shirt, it covers everything. And again, stemming from that movement from the outside world to the sacred space, uh, just showing that he's now putting on these sacred vestments and totally covering up what he wore in. Um, and this, I think, is reminiscent of Ephesians 6, 17, where Paul talks about putting on the helmet of salvation. Um, so I think this correlates between like Barnabas the cowl um, and then what the priest would wear. Cool? Cool. Um, let's see, the next one is the alb. So this is a large uh, white vestment. Uh, that is put on. Uh, the prayer for that is purify me, O Lord, and cleanse my heart so that washed in the blood of the lamb, I may enjoy eternal joys. Um, and anytime a, a white vestment is put on, that's calling back to baptism, right? Uh, the whiteness, that holiness that, you know, to come into the sanctuary, even servers have to wear white, right? Either, you know, a server's alb or a cask of surplus. Uh, but it's the same for the celebrant and anybody assisting him. Uh, and this comes from uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 14, um, where it talks about those who have washed their robes in the blood of the lamb, and it made those vestments white, right? They were made white in the blood of the lamb. Um, the, ne the next one is the uh, cincture, uh, which is, Gird me, O Lord, with the cincture of purity, and quench in my heart the fire of concupiscence, that the virtue of continence and chastity may abide in me. Uh, and this represents the virtue of self-mastery. Um, I actually have a, a story about this one. There's an, uh, a retired Monsignor that lives in the rectory where I am now. Uh, and he is well-traveled, studied in Rome. And he remembers being in some big church in uh, Rome one day. And like, he forgot his alb or, uh, or a cincture. So the Italian sacristan got him an alb and was searching high and low for a cincture and couldn't find one. Uh, so this Italian man said to the Monsignor in Italian, um, like no chastity today because he couldn't find a sincture. <laughs> and yeah, it's like yeah, very Italian. Like what, a, what an Italian thing to say, like, Oh, sorry. You know, Oh, sorry, Monsignor. We don't have, we have an Albert, no sincture for you. No chastity today. 
The look on your face, Barnabas, is, oh my. Just pure disgust. <laughs> now that happens with the monks, too, like when you forget your signature. <laughs> you know? Anyway. <laughs> monks and priests gooning on each other. Hey, you know, that's what we do. That's what we do best. Yeah, cool. Um, so then the next thing a, uh, a priest or deacon would put on over the Alvin signature is the stole. Uh, and that prayer is, Lord, restore the stole of immortality, which I lost through the actions of our first parents. And although I am unworthy to approach your sacred mysteries, may I gain eternal joy. Uh, and this is a really, really important piece of the vesture. Uh, it indicates the state of state of ordained office. Um, and the document I'm getting a lot of these things from is a, a Vatican document. And it says in there, like, this is like necessary. This is incredibly important. It's more important than anything else the priest the priest would wear because it represents his authority as a priest. Uh, and even talks about how, you know, oh, it's a shame if priests say mass without a stole on. Uh, so it's a, like, it's, it's an important thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, if you, if you see pictures of especially priests in military uh, when they're out on the battlefield, uh, sometimes all they have on is their stole. And there's so much power that comes from the stole, not just because it's a, you know, it's not just the fabric, but what it represents, what it gives. And, you know, for deacons, of course, you wear a stole that goes from your left shoulder to your right hip, right? Yeah. Okay. I was doing that right. It's been a while. Um, and then of course, once you're a priest, you know, uh, you wear a stole that goes over both of your shoulders. Now, a little fun fact in the past before Vatican II, the priest stole would have to be put into the shape of an X. It had to be crossed. And there's an old saying that goes, um, keep your mouth shut until the stole hangs straight. Well, the only one whose stole would hang straight is a bishop. So the bishop's the only one that used to have the stole both go up and down straight. It was only him that had that privilege. So you have this experience of the stole in its you know, different levels. And this is, of course, at mass because you, sometimes you see, like, especially in old movies, the priest quickly whips on that little purple stole when doing the uh, extreme unction, when you're doing the uh, anointing of the sick. And, you know, still something that I carry in my car. I have always one in my car and an extra oil stock in my car at all times. So that way, if I ever have to go to the hospital or if I'm stopped somewhere or someone needs to be anointed, I always have it there, the stole and the oil. And it's so important there uh, because it's wearing the stole that really brings the, uh, the fullness of the priesthood into its reality. Because anybody... Any baptized person can wear an alb. Any baptized person can wear a cincture. Any baptized person can wash their hands and put on an amice, but it's that stole that takes it to the next level. And so it's important whenever doing priestly things or any clerical thing that we need to have our stoles on us. So I encourage, if anybody's listening to this that is a priest that doesn't wear a stole, please, please, please put your stole back on. It's important. It's extremely important. Unless someone stole it. Oh gosh, you should really come. You got to come meet my pastor. He has some of the absolute worst uh, puns like that. I mean, he just he's he's chock full of them. He, he well, you remember he just uh, doesn't stop. Father Britton Hennessy, right? Of course, I. How yes. could I ever forget Father Britton Hennessy? My pun I miss mentor. Father. Yes, I miss Father Britton. I, he was a very good friend of mine. He was very good to me. And if you get to see him, tell him I said hello. Maybe you could even convince him to listen to this episode, and then he can hear his name said over and over again. Yes. But yes, he was another bad one with puns. My gosh. Yes, maybe someone stole their stole. Yeah. Not to, not to derail uh, the topic. Um, but then we come now to the 
outermost vestment that people would see a priest or a, uh, a deacon wear. Um, so the first one I'll do is the dalmatic because the prayers are different for each one. Uh, so the dalmatic is Lord vest me in the garment of salvation, the vestment of joy. May I always be surrounded with, with the dalmatic of justice. Um, and it, it's funny. We brought up father Britton Hennessy. Uh, he vested me as a deacon. And yeah. for that, I, I wore everything except a stole and a dalmatic. Cause father Andy, like you said, I was a lay person, you know, right. Until, until that moment in the ordination, right. Um, and it was cool because when he vested me, he said those prayers. So he allowed me to venerate and kiss the stole. He said yep. the stole prayer. He allowed me to venerate, um, you know, kiss the tag of the dalmatic. And as he put it yeah. on me, he said that prayer. Uh, so that was like, that was really powerful for me because I vested in the rectory of the cathedral and I said the other vesting prayers, but I was so nervous. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to remember, remember or know the other vesting prayers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the one for the chasuble, uh, which brother Andy, you say, uh, is Lord, you have said my yoke is easy and my burden light grant that I may carry your yoke well, so as to obtain your grace. Um, and again, this is a reference to Matthew eleven thirty. My yoke is easy, my burden light. So there's a f- little funny story. Um, I will not name any names of the priests involved. Um, one priest is uh, a gentleman. Both are of my diocese. Um, one priest is a very well-known public speaker, and the other one is his best friend and also um, a priest that was very important in our seminary time. Anyway, so we're on this retreat and a part of this retreat is to go over the different vestments at mass, right? And the priest is putting them on one by one, explaining what they are, their significance, yada, yada. And he's going on. And finally we get to the chasuble and this priest, um, uh, he was a little bit skinnier than me at this current, the way I currently am, but you know, it's not, small, right? I'm not a small guy. I'm a big guy. And so um, he says, chasuble uh, is the item that the priest wears over top and he puts the chasuble on. And the other priest says, yeah, chasuble in Greek means little house. It's not so little, is it? It's like, oh, it's it's horrible. It's horrible. But yeah, in Greek, it means little house. So that's, that's another little fun thing you can take back to school with you guys. But not so little, is it? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Father. So, yeah, and these are extremely things to re- important things to remember because it also, the chasuble also represents to us the love of God, right? So the stole is the power and the authority. Um, the, the deacon only has the authority to preach and teach the gospel. The priest has the power and the authority, the authority to preach and teach, and the power to consecrate the bread and the wine, the body and blood, soul and divinity. So you have those two bits of information there. That's why the priest deacon soul goes just one uh, sash, whereas the uh, priest goes, has the two uh, sides of it. Anyway, the chasuble goes over top of the stole and it represents the love of Christ, the mercy of Christ, the charity of Christ that covers over everything. So covers up. Yes, the power and the authority is there, but number one thing that's most important is that love. And so we have this understanding of the chasuble being the love, but also the yoke. Um, you know, now I always talk about this in my, uh, funeral homilies that I get to hear this gospel reading, um, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest as the Lord take my yoke upon you for it is easy and my burden is light. Um, so, you know, I'm not a farm boy. I never have been. I came from the city of the big old city of Erie. Um, but do 
outside of your now your knowledge of theology, and maybe you know this or maybe you don't, does it, do either of you know what a yoke is? Yeah, it was for uh, like beasts of burden uh, to pull a plow. So they'd design them for each beast, uh, put it on the shoulders of two, and they would pull in tandem to plow a field. Yeah. Barnabas, what are you going to say? You're going to say something. It's that yellow stuff inside the egg. (laughs) (sighs) Wow. Oh, your face. Wow. What can I say, man? Am I wrong? Britain needs to listen to this podcast now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Put the sunglasses back on. It fits fits you right now. Um, Yes, AJ. (laughs) Yes, that's that's the yoke I was going for. Um, But I the way I always talk about it is, you know, it's not exactly a comfortable thing. You know, the animal uh, is it's not exactly something they want to have put on them. And not only is it um, it's not one animal usually by itself, it's usually two animals tethered together. And so we have this yoke that um, Christ is telling us to put on. And he says it's easy and light. And to me, that doesn't sound easy and light because not only does this animal have this on their shoulders, but the only way they can get the animal to move forward is to coax them along either by hitting them on the rear end or uh, enticing them with food in front of them. And so you have to try to do something to get this bull to get moving. Now, uh, I'm kind of giving my homily for funerals, so listen up because this might be helpful for you down the line. Um, you know, but the good Lord knew what he was doing. He's not a he wasn't dumb. He's very smart. He's very good. And he made the animal strong enough with strong shoulders, strong shoulders that can carry that burden. But the other thing to remember is, is that he doesn't uh, create the animal to do it alone, that he is tethered to something else. And so we have this yoke, the yoke of Christ, which tethers us to Christ. And we're called not to do this alone. We're called to do it with him. Number one, you know, spiritually, we're supposed to be doing it with Christ tethered to him. But on the second part of that is that that spiritual tethering also tethers us to everybody else in the church. So the priest puts on this yoke. It's not an easy one. It's not a light one. And yet it is because Christ said so. And so it's just, that's my little take on that passage. I really like that passage, especially at funerals. I think um, it really brings a lot of peace and comfort because the thing that we can say at with the funerals, you know, the yoke that we are putting on on from Christ, he has given it to us. And it's something that we have to follow with, with him um, because he has promised us to make it easy and light. And so we have this experience that in all the things of our life, the most difficult points, Christ experienced them as well, and that he is guiding us through them because we're stuck to him. We're stuck to him like glue, whether we like it or not. And he made us strong. He made us strong to be able to carry those burdens and he gave us the strength to be able to keep moving forward with that. So that's my homily for funerals. But yes, I also think it uh, fits in very nicely with the chasuble for the fact that it is supposed to be like that yoke. It's heavy. Just wait till you wear it. It's heavy because it's carrying in it all of the prayers of the faithful that are at mass, all of the prayers of those that have entrusted their prayers to you and all the prayers that you have entrusted to others. And so it's a very heavy garment, not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally. It's something that we wear with great joy and great pride. Yeah, it, it, I think that represents um, how the priest uh, is in the person, is acting in the person of Christ. Yeah, so you mentioned like with the, wearing the stole too is a, a proof of that authority. 
like, you know, the priest's words of stole in the confessional, you know, he is there in the person of Christ to forgive, to hear and to forgive sins. Uh, so, so I think it's especially with, with that, with saying the mass and with administering the sacraments is the priest does that in the person of Christ. So it's like uh, that yoke is the priest and then Christ next to him uh, in whose authority he can act. So there's a difference between a yoke and a yolk because yolk is that yellow stuff in the eggs and yolk is what we were talking about with that wooden beam across an animal's shoulders. You look suspicious, Brother Barnabas. <laughs> oh. I'm putting the sunglasses oh, back on. If only people could see this. This is just... Anyway, <laughs> um, those... Oh, uh, I wanted to bring up one final thing that I was I would want to talk about with preparation before mass. Now, um, in seminary, I don't remember them telling us about this, but I remember seeing other priests do this, and I think it's an, um, important, especially if like some days you get before you get into church, you're getting yourself vested, and uh, a million people are coming at you from all direction of like, okay. Um, you know, Father, I, the toilet just flooded. What are we going to do? Father, the ceiling's leaking. Father, uh, we can't get the sound system to turn on. Father, the lights keep flickering. Father, the candles are burnt out. Father, we don't know where the ta tabernacle key is. Father, and trust me, all of those things that I have just said, I have experienced like two minutes before Mass. Or, Father, can you hear my confession as I'm putting on my chasuble? All right, come on, let's do this. Um, So... You know, sometimes it can be very busy right before you go to celebrate Mass. And I have seen other priests do this, and at times I've done it too when I myself am really not focused. But one of the things about the Mass is that the priest has an intention, and not just the intention of like, okay, this is who I'm praying for specifically in this Mass by name, but the intention is, and this is something that I have seen printed uh, in sacristies, it says, my purpose is to celebrate Mass and to make the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ according to the rite of the Holy Roman Church to praise uh, to the praise of Almighty God and the whole Church triumphant in heaven for my own welfare and that of the whole Church, for all who for all who in general and particular have commended themselves to my prayers and for the well-being of the Holy Roman Church. Um, so in that in that statement, it just clearly defines what is about to happen, what the purpose is, and that this is my intention. You know, it's kind of like when we talk about um, once we get into the mass, and uh, I think we've talked about this before, but someday we can talk about it more in depth too. Is like the purpose of the corporal is number one to like collect all of the particles of the bread if anything were to fall or spill, but two. The intention is that whatever is placed on the corporal, even if it's just slightly placed on the edge of the corporal, that is what's consecrated. That is the intention of the priest is to consecrate just that, whatever is placed on the corporal, not what's in the tabernacle. That's should, should, keyword is should. What's in the tabernacle should already be consecrated. There's another horror story in there. Um, and it's not the stuff over on the credence table. It's not the stuff that grandma has in her purse. It's not the gifts that someone forgot to bring up from the back of church. It's the stuff that is right there on the corporal. That's what the priest's intention is. The same thing with his declaration of intention before Mass. My intention is to go into this not doing anything against the church, but rather to do exactly as the Holy Mother Church has asked me. I think I, I just to kind of like wrap up all of these things— the intention of the priest 
as uh, he begins the liturgy from the washing of the hands. Sometimes that gets skipped in its physicality, but in the spiritual sense of stepping out of the world and stepping into the sacred because the priest is moving from a worldly realm into the spiritual realm and bringing everybody back to it. Brother Barnabas, your thoughts. Boom. Well, <laughs> that was really on. good. Well, well, I have a question for you, Brother Barnabas. Uh, oh, boy. Do, well, do you treat the uh, your habit vesting prayers differently than the your vesting prayers for Mass? Like, how, how, how are those different for you? I'm just curious. Uh, good question. I mean, I think my own thoughts on this topic are uh, I'm encouraged and inspired to make sure that I'm saying these prayers <laughs> because it can be very just like rushing through things, especially because I put my habit on like, you know, it just during your novitiate, it's like, okay, like here we're doing this and it's hardcore. And then like when you get into solemn vows, you're just like, okay, like I have to like I have three minutes to put this thing on. I'm missing a bunch <laughs> of buttons, you know, like, Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, so I think with, with mass, uh, yeah, I think the the mindset of becoming a deacon now is like, oh yeah, I'm putting this like I remember when I was vested, the priest put the stole on me the wrong way, and then I started putting it on the wrong way because he did, you know, I was like, this is how I put it on. So there's even like a new intentionality now of like what's happening, and I think the biggest thing too, I remember uh, somebody said this about Pope Francis that he was, you know, he's like happy go lucky in the sacristy until he puts starts putting his vestments on, and then it's like go time. You know, like you can't walk up to him and start talking to him because he's like praying. So I think um, that's that's something that I've been trying to uh, be mindful of. You know, like I put my alb on, but then once I'm starting to put the stolen dematic on, I'm like ready to go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important in our experience of everything. Yeah. Um, as a clergy. And, and this is also me speaking as a priest to the laity, like treat the sacristy as a holy place, right? It's not the gab fest session. It's not the place where we should all just like come together and, uh, pal around. Like it can be a place where you can have conversations, but once we're getting ready for mass, like let's, let's treat it a bit more serious. Um, but I mean, like in all seriousness too, you also have those kinds of last minute emergency things. Like I said, you know, I'm putting my uh, chasuble on and then the person comes in and wants to go to confession. Like I was sitting in that confessional for two hours. Couldn't you have come then? Or the other one that my, is still my favorite. I'm putting my stole on and someone comes in and says, father, the toilet's backing up. I'm like, I'm not a plumber, first off. I mean, yes, I know what to do. Like, okay, go turn the water off. Okay, the plunger's over in this room. Go get the plunger. Like, I, I can't do anything about it right now. And those kinds of emergency things happen. But it's also the understanding, like, okay, let's be serious about this. Let's um, recognize that we don't need to rush into this right this second. It's going to be okay. The world's not ending. So, yeah, and yeah, it's um, my hope is to have these vesting prayers memorized one day. So you know, I made a little sheet of paper. I stapled it on a little shelf next to um, my vestments and stuff in the sacristy here at the parish. Uh, but it's my hope that I can memorize those. So like wherever I am, if I'm in my own sacristy or not, uh, to be able to like have this committed uh, to memory. Um, I think it's it's important too, and I think it's uh, Barnabas, like you said, like when you first got your habit, it's just a new exciting thing. 
I said, same thing for me with getting ready for mass is for so long. It was just Kazakh surplus. All right, let's party. But now it's there's more you wear. Uh, some are starting to be like priestly, priestly things like the alb, you know, the cincture uh, for us who have, you know, um, taken vows of celibacy. But then uh, to put on that stole uh, and then the dalmatic, it's um, it's meaningful. I like what you said about kind of getting serious or, uh, you know, really committing yourself to what's going to happen now. The mass like, yeah, I'm not just we're not just going out there to have fun in the sanctuary. No, you know, this is the sacrifice of the mass. Uh, so it's an important time when there is a, a solemnness that is needed. So, yeah, I liked how you said that. Uh, one deacon experience I've had so far is um, the priest was running a little late and uh, got dressed real fast. And then we got up there on the altar and I'm standing there and his chasuble was like not completely like like the back of it was kind of tucked up in there. Yep. <laughs> so like we're standing there. And I see this. And I'm like, OK, like when do I like I need to serve him and help him. So but I don't want to distract him. Like so during the penitential, I just kind of walk up there and start yep. shimming it down. He's like, thank you. So, yep, things, that's the, things that's happen. the right thing to do. That's the right thing to do. And that is your role as deacon is to serve. Um, and trust me, even as a priest, y you help each other with that. Because, yeah, vestments, you, when you're putting them on, sometimes even when you're being careful about it, it still can get all kind of messed up. Or, you know, the other thing like serving, you talk about that role of serving. In a parish situation, there was a woman that was trying to come up to be the lector. And I know she has really bad back and she can't step upstairs and there was no railing for her and she couldn't grab her usual spot to grab on. So I went out of my way to help her up. But that that uh, act of you know service there is so important and it makes such a big difference when you help out. So yeah, it's a good thing you did that for your priest because yeah, we don't always notice. It's It just happens. It happens. Yep. But yes, cool. so those are the vesting prayers. Those vesting prayers and kind of preparation before Mass. Kind of, so what, what we normally do in preparation before we begin a Mass, I'm sure there's lots of other things too. Like I said, you know, unclogging toilets and opening the doors of the church and making sure that everything's set up for Mass. But that's something completely else. This is, as you said, Brother Barnabas, the, the moment that we get serious with it. I've, I've heard jokes about uh, priests with, uh, like, is there a vesting prayer for putting on the microphone? Uh, if you weren't doing a wireless or I guess when masks were a thing, like what was the vesting prayer yes. for a mask? I'm glad that we don't have anything for that, nor should we ever have anything for that. Yeah, I think. Or or oh, getting off topic a little bit, but microphones, like I do not want the Britney Spears microphone. Do not give me the Britney Spears microphone. Just give me the clip on. Do not give me the Britney Spears. I hate that. Hate it. Duly noted. Anyway. Yes. I'm not at a rock concert. I don't even like wearing the microphone, but then again, I'm really loud. Like, like really, really loud, really loud. Anyway, so this has been a very strange, but enjoyable episode of the Encounter Mercy podcast. As typical. I, as typical, you know, it's kind of three guys getting together, chatting about anything that comes across their mind in any sort of fashion. So it's good to have you all here listening. We hope to enjoy you as you put those head. Those sun I got to get a picture of that. I wish I could like screenshot that. Oh, wait a minute here. Screenshot print screen. All right. Saved. Um, that's going up on the website. That's that's totally going on the website now. Um, so it's good to have you all listening. 
Hope you enjoy. Uh, we ask that you continue to share our podcast if you're enjoying it. Give us some feedback. I know we've been kind of all over the place lately, but really hope that you are getting something out of this. And we ask that you share us, uh, pass us along to your friends, and uh, like us on all social medias, and follow us wherever podcasts are located. And if we're not on your favorite streaming service, let us know. So that way I can get us on there. So uh, as always, have a wonderful night and a better tomorrow. And we will see you next time. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye.